0: Jai Dev and good morning to all of you. My name is Srirang, and I have joined this satsang from uh, North Carolina. So, before we begin this session, I would like to bow down and offer my prayers to the holy feet of Lord Dev. Uh, please join me by closing your eyes. Bar, bar, यहाँ वहाँ सब ठाम में महिमा अपरंपार शरण शरण में शरण हूँ हे गुरु बंदी छोर मुहे उबारो हे गुरु So thank you everyone for joining this uh, satsang. uh, In current times, uh, you know, our day-to-day life has become busy in fulfilling our physical and mental and social responsibilities. In this fast-paced routine life, the requirements of our soul are often forgotten. So, first of all, I would like to congratulate each one of you for taking some time from your busy schedule to fulfill the requirements of our soul through this satsang. So, today we will continue our discussion on Swarved Dohas. Uh, Swarved was written by Sadhguru Sadafal Devji Maharaj in his uh, conscious samadhi. Uh, What he has documented in uh, Swarved is his own experiences uh, when he was, you know, when we sat on the in the chetan samadhi, so uh, it is basically uh, duty of every disciple to read and understand Swarvid and uh, to basically assist us in this process. We have with us a very knowledgeable disciple of Sadguru Dev Vijayji with us. Uh, he is also president of uh, North America Institute of Vihangam Yoga, and we have been blessed to. Uh, hear from him his knowledge uh, and you know his understanding of um, sadguru dev's uh, knowledge uh, you know throughout various satsangs so over to you uh, vijay ji
1: bar bar vandan यहां वहां सब ठाम में महिमा अपरंपार sharana में more he ubaro he guru. Yes, so bad. Nihoo Dana Adhina Bandana Karun. Can he be we have
2: very wonderful doha to discuss today from Swarved. The Swarved, which is Encyclopedia of Spirituality. It is the reference the spiritual reference book for anybody who is truly looking forward for enlightenment the ultimate experience in the field of spirituality many people consider spirituality you know confined just within the humanity you know, there is a definitely relation between humanity and spirituality, but just the humanity, the human values, becoming a nice human being, if that is the boundary of spirituality in anybody's understanding, then this is a very narrow sight of what spirituality truly is. Because spirituality begins after that. The humanity is essential. First, we need to carry the human values. We need to become human first. And then we become eligible for the real spiritual journey. First, we need to become righteous. We need to have control over our mind, over our senses. And instead of behaving reckless, uncontrolled, we start living a righteous life. And then we become eligible for experiencing the unseen, the one that our physical eyes cannot see, that our ear cannot hear about, our intellect cannot comprehend with its physical abil- ability. That unseen, inexpressible, the supreme being comes in the yogic experience only when it grows deep in the journey of meditation. So this Doha, which is taken from Svarved, the first canto, third chapter, sixth Doha, is about progressing towards that deep meditation journey preparing yourself for that journey so i request one of the volunteer to please uh, come forward and and recite it with
3: the devotion in the heart In Any, anybody please
0: Okay, I, I will do yeah. it. Just the Doha, yeah. Sure. Ah, neen the alpame. Dru hoya a biasa. Nishayania mavilasa me. Birdata vimala vikasha.
2: In the Doha from Swarved is, you know, embedded with Sadguru's energy and Sadguru Bhav. Sadguru has embedded his energy, his uh, powers in Swarved Doha. If one truly recites Swarved Doha by having devotion for the Sadguru in the heart, then just the recital of Svarved Doha itself starts changing your vrittis. Vrittis. Change of the vritti is the main thing, the main component that define how transformed we have become. How transformed is our actions, our tendencies, our liking and disliking if one thing that can define that that is nothing but vrittis so let me let me first go through what the translation the commentary of this doha is and then i will share my screen to explain the fundamentals of how and why one will you know constrain or restrain themselves to attain the the height of meditation experience swamiji has said so one will get the firmness in the practice of meditation only when there is a discipline in the food the ahar means food and sleep Neend means sleep so when the ahar the food and the sleep is disciplined is moderate is to the quantity that is adequate and required not more than that it should be moderate should be controlled it should be within the limit Only when that happens, then one further finds the easiness in strengthening their meditation journey. Only by being firm and disciplined, one finds growth in the meditation journey. So in the commentary, Sadhguru Dharam Maharaj has written in Hindi, which is translated here in English, that only an individual established in self-restraint or Siam is able to practice meditation in a resolute manner. As experiences occur during meditative practice, their worldly efforts or behaviors naturally start to decrease with moderation of diet and sleep firmness is achieved in one's meditative practice and the process of attaining an experiential light becomes accessible a practitioner of yoga the yogi reaches a state wherein they achieve ample sleep in a very short period of time having reached a distinct zone of yoga they attain the bliss of supreme being in the incessant 24 hour state of akhand samadhi therefore to progress on the path of yoga brahmavidya it is a necessity for dedicated practitioners of yoga to give exclusive attention to self-restraint or sayam and discipline or niyam and thereby apply efforts towards the upliftment of their soul. So the main highlight in this Doha is that for those who are truly desiring to progress in the spiritual experiences, which is beyond eyes, beyond ear, those who want to experience the creator, those who want to experience the self, which is not physical, rather a conscious entity, those who are desiring to experience or enter into the portal of consciousness. Which otherwise is hidden from our physical senses. For those deep seeker, the samyam, the self-restraint is doable, is pleasing also because it gives immense satisfaction to those seekers, dedicated seekers who truly wants to progress towards the experience of consciousness. But those who are meditating only because they want to set themselves free from certain elements in the body, Let's say somebody is in anxiety and doctor asks them to meditate. You know, those who, who still are confining their entire life within the worldly activities and they aim for worldly gains, for them same the self-restraint becomes little difficult unless it is medically forced let's say somebody has the obesity or the high blood pressure or blood sugar then of course they are forced to take the restraint. so painfully they painfully begin restraining themselves But, you know, the adaptability of our mind and tongue is such that whatever you will mold this into for a repeated number of times, for for multiple times, you will become that kind of personality. So one who starts restraining no matter for whatever reason, whether it is for the medically enforced reason or it is spiritually uh, motivated reason. There is a spiritual motivation or there is a medical enforcement. For whatever reason, if one starts restraining themselves into certain habit, into certain change of routine, and if they do it, repeatedly, on daily basis. That will change their personality. What you are today is defined by what are the active vrittis which are always rising within your heart from your chitta. The vrittis define your personality. Vrittis define your tendencies vrittis are those that define what you are likely to do think and act what could be your thought what could be your actions they are all defined by by what are the vrittis that are prominently active in your chitta So let me share my screen and just to go little, yeah, go little descriptive about it. So Vrithis, as the word says, vriti. You know, vriti uh, derives from vrit, which in English is circle, right? So vriti is. The etymology of vritti the root word is Vrith and Vrith means circle. And what is circle? Circle is something that you, you know, always, you know, circle through the same thing. So same thing, you just keep moving, moving, moving. And that's what the Vrithi is. Vritti is something that creates a tendencies within the soul for engaging into the same thing again so it, it it causes tendencies within you to perform certain things that you have already done for which you you have already acquired the vritti within your heart so vrittis are in your chitta which is a repository for all your actions tendencies you know, un, uh, the desires, the um, desires in the, in the sense, the tendencies that define desires as well in this regard. So repository for all your actions, tendencies, your raga, your dvesh, you know, all different attributes that drive you into any actions are actually within your chitta the chitta is what contains the repository of all your karmas you know actions means karma here your current karma also is being deposited in chitta your chitta is containing all your prior karmas and is also constantly recording your current karma and whatever the set of karma you engage into that define what vrittis will be on high rise so which so are driving you
3: into actions. Which Vrithi
2: will be on rise is defined by the kind of actions you are majorly involved in. So by engaging yourself into a certain set of actions, you can change your vrittis. Let's say you are too bothered by a certain bad habit. So what is a way to cut off yourself from that tendency of repeating the same thing? If you keep engaging yourself again and again, into the same action then you're only strengthening the vritti for that that means you are tying yourself further deep into that action so by repeating the same action you will never get quenched by that it is not that if i desire so much of a subject if i consume it if i experience it again and again and then a time will come that i'll be done with it and i'll not need it anymore if you think that way then think twice because it is something like this if there are two person one who has never spoken uh, smoking let's say who has never smoked, no so no smoking and the other person who has done that mistake once. The next opportunity. When there is a offer for smoke. The person who has smoking once. Is more likely to fall prey to it. Whereas the one who has restrained itself. And has never smoked in life. Is more likely to control Because he has never got a test of it yet. So once you create the vritti of certain experience, of certain action, that vritti is now there in your chitta and it will rise. The moment the subject will come, the vritti will rise for it. Because mind brings the subject to the chitta and the related vrittis are queried from the chitta and it rises so kind of subjects that you interact with the related vrittis start rising within your chitta and this is why if one wants to succeed in meditation journey it is important that we should have A little constrained, a restraint in our actions, in our thoughts, so that we don't allow the disturbing vrittis, the opposing vrittis to come into effect while we are meditating. Only when we have control on our actions, on our thought, on our sleep, on our diet, with proper sleep, you'll infuse good energy, good thoughts, the peace within yourself. So proper sleep is also essential. But excessive sleep is going to allow the laziness to come over, the tamogun to rise. And when the tamogun will rise within you, then all the britis which were tamogun influenced, they will start rising. That's why excessive sleep is also not good. Nor is good when you have excessive food. And that's why Swamiji said that only when you constrain and take moderate food and sleep, you create the right vritis within yourself. And with the control in food and diet, and with the rise of satvikta, the satvik attribute within yourself you will prepare the right ambience for the growth in meditation and with the restraint in one thing you know just like the bad attributes the bad virtues are never alone you know bad virtues are never alone it comes in groups one invites another if you if you have let's say the deep attachment with something the raga for something and the moment anybody disturbs you you know experiencing the subject the anger will come so raga brings anger anger brings the bad actions uncontrolled behavior and that causes the sins in your life the fall in your character so one invites another ill virtue in your life similarly when you start acquiring satvikta within yourself even by controlling your food and your sleep that satvikta will reflect in various dimension of your character and will start inviting the other good virtues in your life. Just like when you have patience, just the patience will also strengthen you to have control on your anger. So one attribute, one good attributes may, one good attribute may invite or awaken other sets of good attributes. So every small step like this where for the success in meditation, if you really want to start awakening good virtues within yourself, then begin with good sleep and control on your diet. When you have good sleep and control, good means means moderate sleep, not less, neither less nor more. So when we begin with the proper sleep and proper diet and we initially force ourselves into regularity for the meditation. Initially we have to force and as we
0: discuss that
2: our mind is such that you can mold your mind into something and for molding your mind into something all you need is to go into repeated action of certain things. When you repeat certain things, your mind molds into it. And then the friction against that goes away. Otherwise, mind has friction for things that demands going against your current attribute. Whatever you are today, if, if a corrupt person If somebody is having the lustful desire, the desire that is not so good. And at that moment, even if you ask him to "Hey, come and join satsang, it will not like because it is filled with some unrighteous desires. At that point, it will demand that subject only what it is desiring for. So, the happiness in meditation, happiness in constraining yourself, in restraining yourself, not only for the food but the sleep, will only come when you are spiritually motivated. When you are spiritually motivated, then... It is easier for you to control your food and sleep because then in attaining that self restraint, in attaining that control over your senses itself will be very pleasing for you. You will feel an achievement within yourself. Good. So finally, I'm able to eat right. I'm able to sleep right. You don't love your sleep, rather you love your goal. Your goal is spiritually motivated and any steps towards that is going to be very pleasing for you. And so it is very important that we be spiritually motivated, not just physically, the worldly motivated. If you are worldly motivated, if you have any worldly goal, for example hey, today I am restless, I have anxiety, the doctor has asked me to meditate. You will meditate for a few days, you will start feeling better because meditation anyway will work. But your goal is so short-sighted that the moment you start feeling better, you will lose control over yourself, you will start getting back to your old habits. But when you are spiritually motivated, the spiritual journey is so deep and long and so satisfying if you really mold yourself into the spirituality and the elements of spirituality, then it becomes eternally progressive for you. If you are motivated for spiritual progress, then there is no bigger goal than the pinnacle of spirituality that the dimension, the the wideness in the spiritual field is so immense, so much that it takes not just one life, but multiple life to complete. You know, the spiritually motivated people not only enjoys the worldly life by having The awakened virtues within themselves, even while they are in the journey. While you are in the journey of spirituality, you awaken certain virtues within your character that it becomes a joyful living in your life without being dependent on the worldly subjects. But yet the goal is far away. The spiritual goal is not that easy. But in order to attain the ultimate spiritual goal, you start molding your character, your mind, your behavior, your thoughts in such a way that it creates the platform for happiness. It creates the platform for peace while you are trading the path of spirituality. You have not yet attained the ultimate goal of spirituality. While you are trading into that path, it creates the ambience of the peace within yourself. And how so? Because of having the same, the restraint as an inherent quality within your character. You will start being satisfied with whatever you have. All because you don't look forward to unnecessary things. Anything in the worldly, you will count on or you will depend on or you will go for only those which is necessary for your spiritual journey. Your now main goal has become spiritual in nature. So any down or ups in the worldly life do not disturb you that much. It will disturb you, of course, but when you are spiritually motivated then that disturbance will not last long. But if you are only worldly motivated, then that was your everything. And if that itself fell, if it shattered, you will be shattered. But but when you are spiritually motivated, any fall in your physical life is not going to shatter you. Rather, you will have the courage to... Tackle it again from the scratch. Rise from there. You will will be able to put the required purusharth, the effort, only because you have control on yourself. When you have control on your senses, when you have control on your mind, then nothing is impossible for you. If a human being can do a thing, you can do that thing. If we have control on our mind and senses, you are extremely powerful to start anything from scratch. Only because one fail in life is because one is not having control on the senses and mind to guide the energy fruitfully in the required direction so spiritually motivated people become successful in all arena of life without without being attached to that it becomes the success becomes a second nature of a spiritually motivated person whatever the person will do it will do with 100% Of control over the mind and senses. So, whatever it does, it does 100%. If it has to do any job in a worldly life, it will put 100% of consciousness into it because it is is capable to do that by being spiritually motivated. And so, Sayam, that was brought up in this Doha today. The Sayam means the self-control, the self-restrain, the restraining your the restraining of your mind and senses. That is a big power, a big tool for one to succeed not only in the spiritual life, but also in worldly life. Sadguru Sadafal Deji Maharaj has similarly described Various aspect, the various dimensions for the growth in the spiritual field in this epic called Swarved. I highly recommend those who have not yet seen Swarved, have not yet read Swarved. It is high time they go to us.vihangamyoga.org and order Swarved for them. With this, I conclude my thoughts here. Jai Sadguru, over to you, Shinji.
0: Thank you, Vijayji, for explaining this doha in very detail. Uh, this was really helpful. So, I would request all the participants to take uh, advantage of this time and uh, you know ask any questions uh, related to this doha.
4: Jai yes, Sadguru, good morning to all. Um, very uh, very nicely um, discussed Vijayji um, if you could elaborate just a little bit more on the sanyam for the sleep aspect um, is there a recommended hour because uh, we do see that as the uh, sadha progresses in um, spiritual path then the bodily required sleep Hours also reduce dramatically, but uh, but if somebody is not that far and somebody is in the journey, then there's a certain um, amount of hours that the body will require. So when it wakes up, it is refreshed. Otherwise, if it wakes up uh, before that hour, then there will be some sort of a jet lag feeling. So, if you could just uh, 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 elaborate on that. Thank you. Very very nice question, actually. And rightly said that
2: everybody has uh, their own need of sleep. But good thing about this is that Swamiji, as in this Doha, has also mentioned about food and sleep together. And there is a reason behind that. And also mentioned that as we practice meditation automatically our ability to rest our body improves but it is a gradual progress so of course we cannot cause a jet lag within our body by you know waking your body forcefully before time the good thing about uh, the cycle of day and night The sun setting and sunrise is that it also relates to a cycle in our body. If there is a proper time for going to bed, then we must adhere to that. If we don't adhere to the proper time for going to bed, that disturbs our natural cycle of sleep. And that is where, you know, sometimes even though you spend lot, many hours on the bed, we do not get fresh because we have disturbed the cycle within our body. So the first and foremost part of the sayam is to adhere to the right schedule for the sleep. That is the first thing. That's why Swamiji is also mentioned in this, in the second line, that Nischa Niyama vilasame. When you firmly get disciplined, you know when only you have discipline also in sleep, and then moderately control, you will have progress. So the first discipline that we need to bring in is to go to bed by around ten o'clock. Pratmacaryaji Sadguru Chandeji Maharaj has mentioned this that the best time for going to bed is before 10 o'clock. You know, if you go to bed by nine o'clock, that is also good, nine, 10. For us who have to spend long hours at work, then 10 o'clock is ideal for us. If we go to bed by 10, by 10.30, if we are deep in sleep, then automatically, because we have gone to the bed in the right time of the cycle we will have better chances of a deeper sleep and when we have deep sleep then the body will wake up automatically in the span of six hours moderately you know six sometimes six and a half sometimes five and a half but if you have a better sleep when you go to bed in right time on an average your body will wake up in about 6 hours when you are not in the regular practice of meditation but when you become regular in meditation practice and and the the day your meditation starts progressing into the inner sound which is called anhad you know there are Ten mystical sounds happening in our head. The day you start going deeper into that level, then your sleep will be further reduced. But as Niranjanji rightly said, that forcing ourselves uh, for you know getting up from sleep is not a good idea. Rather, what a good idea is to have control on our discipline of going to bed if you go to bed in right time you will have good sleep and when your sleep is over we should not overstay on in the bed you know the samyam comes there that when you're awake you should be awake when it's time to go to bed you should go to bed we should not be Tempted to continue doing something even though it is time to go to bed. So the maintenance of the or adherence of the schedule also comes under sayam. One lose sayam when they when they are undisciplined. When they are undisciplined, meaning they are not in Siam. Sayam means discipline. You can say like that. Discipline and Siam are correlated. So, by having discipline in what time you go to bed, how much you eat, you know, the food discipline, the food sayam is about how much you should eat. You should read your body that, oh, when I ate this less, I I felt weaker. When I ate this much, I felt heavy. So, we have to moderate it. We have to come to a point where we feel light in our belly. After having meal, we should feel energized, not lazy. So that everybody has their own equations and we have to read our body. But if we discipline ourselves for, uh, you know, having right schedule for sleep and right quantity of food, automatically how much we have to sleep, we need to sleep, that will get controlled with our regular meditation practice gradually it will start decreasing let it happen naturally we should we just should not overstay when we are awake we
3: are awake if we have that discipline that means we are following saiyam yeah um it is sometimes difficult um to um and but definitely that discipline will and also waking up early
4: around 5 5am 5 or even earlier uh, it will allow people to do the brahm uh also so uh, that definitely yeah. makes sense yes
2: yeah yeah that's and, like 10 o'clock 10 o'clock yeah. is a good time 10 is good time
3: yes
4: And one, one. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has a question. Um, I'll give give an opportunity for them to ask. Um, but I have one other question related to Vrithi. Um It's part of the chitta and behavior. And I did lightning to know that, which totally makes sense because that's why people repeat the same mistake sometimes, multiple times, uh, if they don't become conscious. But one thing I've realized that when a person raises their energy, everybody, they can do that through different means. For some people, it is already elevated. Then it seems that they do have a much better control on the vritti. So could you enlighten a little bit on that? I think it's also part of the personal experience uh, that when I somehow raise my energy, then... Absolutely, then what happens is your behavior in the middle of a lot of people or in uh, in critical environments, it is very elevated. Yeah. So if you could highlight on that, thank you.
2: Yeah this this is a very good point that britis are anyway there in our chitta, and based on what subject we interact with, those britis will be rising. But what actions we will take despite being tempted by those vrittis are still in our control. So if our intellect is awake, conscious, then we still have the opportunity to ignore those vrittis and do not get tempted into actions and this will happen only when we are consciously awake so as you said that somebody who is more conscious what the consciousness does it when we are conscious more conscious meaning we are more alert we are more vigilant despite we get certain thoughts which is nothing but derive derivatives of vrittis you know vrittis give the birth of thought So, the thought in mind is driven by the vrittis from chitta. So, when we get certain thoughts caused by the vritti from chitta, before that thoughts converts into action, you have an opportunity to exercise your intellect. That you got this thought, but it is doable. Is it a righteous thought? you will be able to give a pause and analyze that thought only when you're consciously awake. So when you're more conscious, let's say you're unconscious, you know, the unconscious meaning that your consciousness is not 100% with your action. You are into something and certain britis are rising because you're not vigilant about what tendencies you're creating your senses will get into action this without analyzing the nature of the tendencies so the nature of briti is whether it is righteous or unrighteous you know before it converts into action if you're conscious you'll be able to make a judgment but if you're not that fully awake then automatically that vrittis will drive your mind and mind will drive your senses, your action organs into performing actions. And that's why many things we do in life without paying 100% attention to it. How? Because it is driven by a series of vrittis. Let's say you're driving from home to work or work back to home. Despite your thinking of something else, you will see that your hand is automatically steering the car, you know, in right direction at the right moment. Why? Because you have gone through that many times. So one britti which is there within your, your Chitta is having a, a serial connections with other britis. So one briti give rise to another briti, that give rise to another, that give rise to another. So the moment you come to a turn, you know, that that experience of a turn gives rise to the next briti of taking left turn. Because that is already deposited in your chitta. And that series of briti is what is called habit. You know, you are habituated that every time you encounter that signal, you know that from this signal, I take left turn. So automatically your next briti of taking left turn will rise within your cheetah that will drive your organs of actions into performing that act and automatically you will take left turn. You don't need to pay full attention to it because you are not defining your actions. Your britis are defining your actions only for creating a new action new karma in your life we need to apply our 100% consciousness but for habituated actions you don't need to be 100% conscious about it because your actions are driven by your vritis your series of vritis which are already there in your chitta and that's why as you rightly said that when you are conscious then you cannot be the victim of vrittis because you can create the opportunity of new action only when you're fully awake, fully conscious. So, vritti will ask you to do certain things habitually, but because you're more conscious, you will decide yes or no. And you can choose to do a new action instead, only when you're conscious, only when you're awake. So you rightly said that one who is more conscious is more likely to go against vrittis, control Vritis, and do what is right. Yes.
3: Hello Vijayji.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, uh, you one?
3: have described uh,
0: Vritis very very well in detail. Uh, in a second paragraph, could you explain the last
2: sentence a practitioner of yoga reaches a state wherein they achieve ample sleep in a short period of time. And having reached a distinct zone of yoga, they attain the
0: bliss of supreme being in an incessant 24-hour state of akhand samadhi. Could you explain that part, having control of the vrittis?
2: Sorry, I was on mute, yeah. So, yeah, so this is a state of Jivan Mukta Samadhi. This is the state where one is already in union with Almighty. So, while you are in uh, in this human body, you have raised your consciousness to have connection with the Supreme Being. And once you are having the flow of bliss from the Almighty to you, you meaning your soul, because your consciousness has established the bridge between Almighty and you for receiving the bliss from Almighty. Once you are in that state, the blissful state of union with Almighty, then 24 hours you are in that state of bliss and that's why it says they attain the bliss of supreme being 24 hours and while you are in that blissful state then the resting the body and you having no consciousness during the sleep they become two distinct thing actually right now when we are in disconnected state when we are not having the enlightenment even about our own self then when we go into deep sleep we become fully unconscious whereas one who is in 24 hours awakened state who is in the awakened state of jivan mukta samadhi who is in who is 24 hours in the bliss of almighty he is never in sleep he just rests the body because body and the organs of the body the functionality the machinery in the body they need rest Your cells need to recover from damages. So you give your body the rest. But your sensation, uh, not the sensation, I would say, but your consciousness is never at sleep. Your consciousness is never at sleep. Your body is in sleep. But you are still consciously experiencing the bliss of Almighty. Whereas when we go into deep sleep right now, Right now, the moment you go to deep sleep, what happens? We lose our connection with the sensory subjects. And when we lose our connection with the sensory subjects, for us, the world becomes dark. We experience nothing when we are in the deep sleep. Not in the dreaming state though. I am saying the deep sleep. The deep sleep is a state when the soul disconnects from the mind and mind disconnects from the sensory organs. When the connection is broken, then there is no information, no experiences entering into the system. Because your senses have become inert, they do not capture any information for you to experience any further. Whereas those who are jivan Mukta Yogi, those who are in 24 hours connection with Almighty, they are consciously always awake. So the body resting the body becomes very quick. Uh, uh, very quick, uh, what to say, the, the act for such Yogi. It's a very quick act. It just rests the body. In few hours, the body will rejuvenate because it has no wavering of mind. Only when your mind wavers, then there is a turbulence in the body and it takes time for your cells to recover. Why do we sleep by the way? How do we feel fresh when we go to deep sleep? We feel fresh only because the damaged cells have recovered by your deep sleep the more recovery the better is the experience after you get up and this recovery process is dependent on how restful you are how restful your cells are and those who are in the bliss of almighty nothing can be more restful than that when you are in the bliss of Almighty, nothing can be more restful than that. And so such bliss-embedded yogi can complete their sleep in no time and can rejuvenate their
3: body in no time. So it is like that. Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, another question, uh, Vijayadi. So,
4: um, so for awakened yogi, um, uh, like you mentioned, they um, they are always conscious because they have their chetan karna which uh, is operating. So they are probably in different avastha also, right? Either in uh, turiyatith yeah. or apt, one of those two avasthas, is it?
2: Yeah, yeah. they are they are in Aptavastha, apt avastha, apt even old, beyond turiyatith. Yes. yes. Yes.
4: Yes. Beyond Turyatid, but yeah. Not okay, best, so, yes, yeah, absolutely. One you know, one other question I had was um, um, in the progression earlier that we had talked about, when the uh, um, uh, uh, the final stage of uh, relinquishing the the, the the physical world is when the manomai kosh dissolves and also the prana kosh, and and the prana gets dissolved first, and then at the ninth. Chakra and man also gets dissolved at the chakra. And uh, what happens to the chitta? Does that go along with those two? Sure.
2: So f- first of all, the prana gets dissolved in something called Mahashunya or Mahakash, or the the zone of Pramanu Mandal, Pranamandal which is different from ninth chakra. Okay, so it's it's little before you can say, something like that. So, but yes, uh, first prana gets dissolved. And after that mind gets dissolved into ninth chakra, the namam chakra, namam kamal. Once these two are dissolved, the chitta is silent. Chitta is within your body but what is traveling beyond body is your consciousness, your mind, your consciousness, your breath. It was a journey of three before and now the other two companions have become silent and the consciousness alone travels beyond that. So, Chitta has no role Anyways, because Chitta is not traveling in this progressive journey of meditation. Chitta just stays in the region called heart. The only mobile thing in this body is uh, the mind and also the breath, the prana. So mind and prana goes along with your consciousness and and later in the higher state of meditation even the mind and prana are left behind and only consciousness travels further chitta is just idle it's inert it will, it will play no role in, in that higher zone because the chitta is functional only when the mind is functional chitta is otherwise inert teena karana man se man anu ekasthan All the three other inner organs, like chitta, buddhi, intellect, and ahankar, these three inner organs are activated only by the association with the mind. Mind infuses the consciousness into it, and mind brings the consciousness from the soul. So, mind is the carrier of soul's consciousness and it it passes on it passes that charge you know it passes the charge of consciousness into the chitta to make it functional but when the mind itself is now detached from the consciousness then mind itself has become uh, non-functional and so the other organs your intellect, your chitta, everything has gone into complete silence because now you are acting on the periphery, on the on the basis of your consciousness. The consciousness alone is in action. You have left all your jadakaran. You are now making use of your karan the conscious
3: mode, conscious means uh, for the experience. Yeah, Jasut. Thank you so much. So, what happens to the repository? Like, it goes back into the uh, permanent. Just
1: kind of so the
2: the the repository in the chitta will continue to remain in the dormant state unless you have completed your complete journey. You have completed your journey of union with Almighty. The moment you attain union with Almighty, then all your tendencies, all your vrittis in Chitta, they burn away. Brahma Vidya Chinagi Udi Lagi Karma Ghar Aag Karma Vasana gayi Chitana Chitana Jag So once you acquire union with Almighty, the Brahma Vidya, the 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 light of supreme being, then burns all your tendencies from chitta. It becomes pure, and then you don't act by, uh, by getting driven by the britis, but you act, you perform karma purely by your own consciousness. There's no vritti-driven karma anymore. It is your consciousness-driven karma. Your all actions are done
4: with full consciousness. Thank you so much, Anji. And that yeah. absolutely clarifies it very much. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a little time, but I had one other question about the desire. Uh, we know that the soul has the three properties: desire, knowledge, action. But that is in the the intrinsic to the Atma. Right. But as it attaches, as it descends and attaches into the uh, the Ma'ik world, hmm. then a separate desire gets created. That right. so what? How is that desire? Um, that probably is related to the Kita, Man, Ahamkar, and those things. So right. then it completely dissociates from the original desire. So if you could just bridge that link, that would be great. Thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is also a very good question. I'm I'm totally impressed, Niranjunji, that you have been, you know, asking the right questions in all the Satsang. And you've definitely transformed your thoughts, your understanding of spirituality very much in line with what Vihangam Yog wants one to understand. I'm very impressed with your progress so desires that the soul gets is driven by the experience you know there's a cyclic relation between the desire action and knowledge there's a cyclic relation what kind of desire will you have you'll have let's say i i Nobody has heard about Patvatoli. Imagine you have not heard about Patvatoli. Will you ever have desire of Patvatoli? You will never have because you have no experience of it. You have no knowledge of it. Only when you have knowledge, if you get some hint of something, then only you will desire for it. So your desire is driven by knowledge and How is your knowledge acquired? Knowledge is acquired by engagement, by your actions. Only when you consume, you experience something, that experience brings knowledge. So, your actions is the reason behind knowledge. Your knowledge is the reason behind desire. And your desire is the reason behind actions. So, they have a cyclic relation. Now, where is this cyclic, where is this cycle from uh, functional? In what zone it is functional? It, It depends on where you're
0: stuck at.
2: Wherever you're stuck at, whatever you're experiencing right now, your desires will revolve around that. Because you're experiencing that thing. You're experiencing a subject, you'll have desires around it. You're engaging yourself into certain set of actions. That That's what will, will kind of pull your cycle of desire, knowledge and actions into that arena. So it is totally up to where our cycle of desire, experience, you know, the knowledge and actions lies is what is defining the nature of your desire. Where you're keeping your cycle. So if one is too much engrossed into worldly affairs, then their desires will also revolve around that. But when one starts trading higher and starts going beyond the worldly affair in the meditational experiences, then because their experience level is now beyond worldly so their desires also transform beyond worldly so with this we can understand that as we grow above the worldly subjects automatically our desires also leaves the space of physicality and it attains its purest nature and what is the purest nature of desire the purest nature is where you truly belong what you have been experiencing in your true self and that's what the nature of your desire also become the moment you elevate yourself in the portal of consciousness. When you enter into the portal of consciousness then all that remains is the conscious experience so your desire also then transforms back to experience the almighty. Because you have experienced Almighty before, that awakens within yourself. Atma Jab Apanadesh. The moment you attain the enlightenment about yourself, that very moment the memory of your you being in union with Almighty. You being in the abode of bliss, that also awakens within yourself. You remember that. You remember that. The moment you rem- you in- get enlightened about yourself, the consciousness about you being in the bliss, ecstasy of the Almighty's bliss, that also awakens within yourself. So, Atma Jnana Jav Udaybhe Shudhi Bhhe Dori Gati Sushmana Pravesh So, Swamiji writes in Swarved that when you elevate yourself into the self-enlightenment, then that very moment, your desire of attaining the union with Almighty will also strengthen automatically. So, in a nutshell, whatever the level of experience we are at our desires are also constrained within that zone domain within that
3: realm yes. that was absolutely beautiful thank you so much Mijaji. yeah
0: so thank you, Niranjanji, for your uh, you know very spiritually inclined questions, and thank you Vijayji for you know giving such a beautiful answers uh, to all the questions. Uh, it was le- really you know um, very uh, enlightening uh, to you know understand these topics. So thank you both uh, for your contribution. So uh, looking at the time, uh, we will move to the next uh, section of this satsang. So next section is basically warriors of the week. And uh, we all know that the best time to meditate is Brahmamurath, uh, which is between 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. But uh, most of us are, are not able to take advantage of this time. So to encourage all of us, Nevi has started a WhatsApp group called Brahmamurath Warriors. Uh, the goal uh, of that group is basically to motivate each disciple Uh, to take advantage of this time and make faster spiritual progress. Uh, In this group, basically, you do not join any session. You do meditation in the Brahma Murat um, yourself. And once you are done uh, with the meditation, you simply send a done message on the group. Um, If you uh, you want to be part of that group, please uh, uh, let us know and we will add you to the group. Uh, So... We so this week's uh, warriors are uh, Bhagwati Patel Ji, uh, Radha Ji, Surya alam Raju Ji, Tejinder Ji, and uh, Yogesh Shersagar Ji. Uh, these are the disciples who have been meditating uh, during uh, Brahma Murat every single day. Uh, along with them, we have inductees of the week. Uh, these disciples have. Meditated at least one or more day uh, or more days uh, throughout the week uh, during Brahma Murad. Uh, They are Amit Talekerji, Lalmani Ji, Vijay Dauluriji, Venita Ji, Prachik ji Rashmi Ji. My name is also there, and Shriram ji So thank you everyone for encouraging us uh, to stay on the path of spirituality and take advantage of the most pious time for uh, meditation. So, um, you know, I would request everyone to take advantage of this time. Uh, this is the best time to meditate and make faster spiritual progress. So with this, uh, we have come to the last phases of our uh, workshop today. Uh, in this phase, we are going to chant short version of uh, Guru Vandana, Aarti and Chantipat. Vandana is a prayer uh, through which we seek blessings of the Sadguru. Uh, we request well-being, health, wealth and seek his blessings for spiritual knowledge. So I would request uh, Jessica Ji to sing last few lines of Guru Vandana. Over to you Jessica-ji. Jessica Ji. Jessica
5: Vandana prabhu sacha santa samaja uttam Dharma Acharyahe acharya Nadia jiminadya ashita sendu ki hai, hai prabhu santa samaja tira aparaksha Kiji, hai, Shana Sadafula Khyana bati, Riti Dina Dina Thank you
3: Jessica for such a wonderful prayer.
0: Our next prayer is Aarti. Uh, Here we acknowledge the power of Almighty and pray that all disciples experience eternal joy, love and freedom from worries under His holy guidance. So I request everybody to stand up for the Aarti and I again request uh, Jesse Raji to say the last few lines of Aarti.
5: Aarti. Jai Gurudevahare Guru Devahare, shanche, shana shana namiawe, sata guru deva ne shish jana ke sanse sanamedur jo mohamite jiv ka so Guru morati gati chanjrama, na chakor, balaka palaka niraka Guru morati kiyur, shweta shweta maya shwete, shweta shweta maya shwet, tina pada amrita bara, mahanada shwet, Ashta chakra sabashunipar tara adake pha tahasada phala karakhiya puli sansar
3: thank you jessica ji for singing arti with such a melodious and devotion filled voice uh,
0: so i request all of you to sit down for our next prayer, uh, which is Shantipat. <clears throat> so in the Shantipat, we chant for peace for everyone in this universe. May Dev bless the entire cosmos with peace, love and prosperity. I would again request uh, Jessica Ji to recite last few lines of Shantipat.
5: Shantipat. Hey Prabhu Shanti Swarupaho. Shanti Shanti my Shanti 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 jana Shanti Ho Porna Shanti my Shanti He Prabhu Shanti Dorava Daurava Ho Sarva Shanti Deva Sadhafala Shanti Maya Shanti Shanti Sukashanti Shanti Bully said Sad Deva Kee
0: Thank you, Jessica Ji, for wonderfully reciting uh, Guru Vandana Arti and Chanti part uh, and concluding session in such a devotion-filled voice. So uh, this concludes our today's session, uh, and I would like to thank everybody, um, you know, for their participation. Special thanks to Vijay Ji, um, Niranjan Ji, uh, Asmuk Ji, Jessica Ji, uh, you know, other Niranjan Ji and Geet Ji for their support um, and conducting these uh, sessions. Um, I would also request everyone to ponder upon the topic that we discussed today um, and, you know, try to make a spiritual progress. Uh, so we'll see you all next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the same Zoom session. And
3: until then, have a wonderful day ahead. And Jai Sadhguru, Dev to everyone.